Well, friends and listeners of the Fake Nerd Podcast, Ben can finally get through at least Five Nights at Freddy's one time uh, through a movie. So we're here to do the review. I am, of course, Sparks Witty. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Eliopoulos. Oh, hi. hi. Hello. Welcome to Freddy's. Uh, And of course, Ben Magnet, finally able to survive a full Five Nights for once. Yeah, once, because of the movie, I didn't have to do shit. That's true. That's true. That's how it happened. And Brandon T. McClure also with um, us. Let me tell you, if the game were this boring, it would be way easy to make it through Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. Ooh, mm. Brandon's got, he's throwing, this is this is the Black Adam review all over again. This is the Black <laughs> Adam review, baby! Yes, I did. <laughs> Brandon's reaching for the numbers. Oh. <laughs> Brandon, why don't, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us all the credits for the Five Nights? Yeah, all right. This is directed by Emma Tommy, uh, who is also the uh, who's also one of the three writers. The other two writers are Scott Cawthorn, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, and Seth uh, Cudback, um, who not a lot of credits to their name outside of Scott um, Coth- uh, Cawthorn. He's the creator of the games, been with the games forever. Still, is, I believe, with the with the games. Um, so yeah, what do we think about this one? Uh, I think that I was helped by the fact that so many people seem to hate it yeah. and mm-hmm. shit on it in advance of me seeing it, that I went in expecting a much larger dumpster fire than the movie that I saw. So I came out more positive than negative. I don't know how I would have felt had I not been anticipating like sludge. Sure. So, uh, I'm definitely affected by like expectation bias. Yeah. I I like it. It's a soft like, like a very. It's like a. It's like a solid seven like. Spoilers for way later in the reviews. It's like solid like, and what I really, what I appreciate about this movie, despite not loving it, is this movie's not for us. We are all men in our thirties, and this is one of the first times in a long time where I'm like, you know what? I didn't love it. I'm not the one that they're trying to get to love. So like for me, me not loving this movie is not a big deal. I I had my fun where it was. Um, did this movie need to be almost two hours? God no. God no. God no. God no. But uh, I think when the movie was was trying to do its cool thing, I think I think it worked. I think when we're when we're doing the Five Nights stuff, I really enjoy it. Just like I wouldn't have made the movie this way, but clearly the kids love it. This movie's doing really well. It has like the highest like cinema score of any horror movie <laughs> because of these kids loving it. So like I'm glad for the for the kids out there who soak up <laughs> this lore and all over Twitter and and reddit and tumblr because tumblr's still around like kids are doing their theory posting and it's like that's really fun like what we used to do for like you know what like how much we love the mcu like this is obviously they're not compatible things like it's just a small video game franchise but like it's cool that kids have this and it's doing really well uh but but i i liked it uh i do want to piggyback off real quick just what ryan was saying which is i i do think the the merits of this film and we'll get into where it is um are in I think this is a very good young uh, audience entry horror movie. Yeah, I think for them this is this is this works. It's being called a great gateway horror movie. Ben, I definitely land on the. I don't. I don't want to say the middle of the road with this movie. I definitely liked it. Um, but I will say I want to echo Ryan in a. It's very soft. Like it's not like yeah, this movie because this movie is not great. But it's also not terrible. I did enjoy it. I'm, but I will say, am I glad that I watched it at a Sparks house on his big F off TV where we could pause it and get pizza when we needed to? Very much so. 
I don't think um, I would have really enjoyed it had I got seen it in a movie theater. I mean, I probably would have. I probably would have to feel the same way. But I'm honestly, I'm glad I didn't spend a whole lot of money. I didn't really spend money on this, to be perfectly honest. But in that same vein, it was still fun to watch. I mean, for me, it was fun to watch. I do also kind of echo what Brian said, what Brian started off with, that there are parts of the movie that are kind of boring. Um, but really, I was hoping for the movie to be one thing. It's partially that, but there isn't. I mean, we'll get into it in the review. I'll just straight. I was really hoping for a straight up horror movie, like yeah. horror movie, not like a lot of gore, but as in every night the animatronics are getting worse and worse and worse. Everything is getting tend- scarier. And I mean, we got some of that, but we didn't get that like the games, do, like the games get you. I will give the movie some credit and I'll talk about it later. But all in all, it's fine. I mean, it's it was a it was a fun. I'm not upset that I didn't that I I'm not upset that I watched it. I'm just like, eh, there could have been more there. I think that I would probably push back on anyone saying this is a good gateway horror. Now, that's not to say I believe this movie is for is meant for me. It's clearly not, as Ryan has stated very eloquently. It's not made for us. We are not the uh, we are not an audience that grew up with Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, and there is a lot of people who really, a lot of kids who really like those games. And it's really cool that they like this movie and that they're they're doing these things and they're theorizing. It's awesome. And I'm not here to take away anyone's joy. I can only say how I reacted to the film. Um, that said, I think that there are. I think the focus on lore and not necessarily on building a, a compelling story hurts this film quite a bit and makes it quite dull for anyone not already interested in the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. And Mm -hmm. because of that, the the gateway horror thing doesn't really work for me because it's uh, clearly Five Nights Nights at Freddy's is a massive franchise. So like this movie, and this movie made back its money before it was released. Um, Like Jason Blum even said like, this is already a success because of the licensing deals, because of the um, because uh, and this is a cheap movie to make. So like clear, this movie is a, is a bona fide success. Um, and like the Five Nights at Freddy's, the people who grew up with Five Nights, who love Five Nights at Freddy's, which there are millions love this movie. To say it's a gateway horror film, like on the level of like Goosebumps with Jack Black. I, that that to me is a much more like I am not a Goosebumps guy. But that movie is much is a much more engaging, kind of fun, kind of gateway horror film. Um, to me, that to me feels gateway horror, whereas this kind of feels almost impenetrable to anybody who's just not already interested in Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Um, I will simply say, not even me saying this, but having being on Twitter, multiple horror directors. Scott Derrickson, Mike Flanagan, saying they watch this with their kids and they won't watch anything they make. And they love Five Nights at Freddy's. Because I do agree this movie is more boring than I'd want it to be. You can't show kids a straight 90-minute horror movie. because that's I'm not, not saying as that. Easy. I'm not saying that. I didn't I'm say you said that. Let me finish. I didn't say you did. Uh, a straight 90-minute horror movie is not what kids want to see. They, they, the kids like the lore. They need that buffer between people getting murdered because they're not if they're not like sickos like adults are that they go to horror movies to see people get killed that's not what that's not they're not there for that they are there like to know about how these kids got in these in these thingy right so like for the kids 
um, having having buffers between the madness. Again, reading off what parents have said, uh, that works for them. Uh, now that might not work for everyone for everyone here. Like, but like, like I wouldn't show my kid this movie first, probably. Like, Goosebumps is probably a better example. But like, I'm not gonna say people who literally make horror movies are wrong about this idea because I, no. I, it was my, it's my thought as well. But what what I don't understand is why is why is where is where that defense was coming from, Ryan. Because I never said that a Scott Derrickson film is a gateway. It's not a defense. It, I'm just um, because like I I ne- I I just want to be very clear because you were saying something you were saying something in response to something I didn't say, and I just want to be very clear on what I did say. And that if that's the case, um, a Scott Derrickson Scott Derrickson's kid probably really likes Five Nights at Freddy's. And he's pro- and probably really wanted to see this movie and therefore really love this film. And so, like, I don't know if I if I'm going if I I don't know what the I'm sure that these par- parents are obviously really enjoying that their kids are really liking this movie. But as far as like a gateway horror film for kids who aren't into Five Nights at Freddy's, to which there's probably like five. Like, I'm, I'll be I'll admit there's probably not many of them. That to me feels again. I don't think that discredits my 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 point or opinion that if you are not already interested in Five Nights at Freddy's, this film is rather impenetrable. I was never discrediting you, Brandon. I'm simply bringing the observations that I brought. Uh, Patrick Klepek from Remap Radio has a has a five year old uh, daughter who doesn't know Five Nights at Freddy's, and she watched and she loved it, and he can't get anything to watch horror movies with him. I was just simply stating that it was not a defense against you, Brandon. It never is. I was just stating. People, there are a lot of people who who view this. So, like, like, but you didn't use the, the reason why I got confused is because you didn't use the examples that I used. You use a ninety-minute hardcore horror film directed by Scott Derrickson, which in which case I never mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. What do you got, Sparks? Uh, I was gonna say that I think for gateway entry to horror, what I what I more think of is less something that's like Goosebumps, where that's like spooky fun. I think that is easier to get kids to engage yes, with I agree. and more like what i think this is is like the bridge to getting them to and scarier watch stuff darker things yes um uh, like for kids that might not uh might be more afraid of um i'm trying to think of a good example and the only thing that's popping in my head is the thing and the thing is not the thing i'm trying to think of but but in things that are more horror like true, true dark horror yes. not not uh, not yeah exactly and like that being the bridge for like kids who are uh i my i'll say like my contemporary example is like silver bullet um Mm. when i was a kid silver bullet was like the movie that i couldn't get through the first time but it is the movie that i watched uh another time because my dad really liked it and like that unlocks oh i can watch darker things so now i'll watch american werewolf in london because i like you make the werewolf connection then you're willing to engage with darker and darker things and like silver bullet is is a better movie than this not significantly, but but it is better. Yeah. Um, and but I do think it's that vein is what I mean. Is like it's a good like hey things can get like like a girl Goosebumps gets is soft. A girl gets bitten in half in this yeah, movie, which I just yeah. that was this wild. Movie is and grosser I than most kids horror movies are. That's what they mean. Goosebumps. If you want an easy horror experience, then Goosebumps anybody could watch. But if you want something that challenges kids, that's not an R-rated movie, this is a much better example of that. So that so that would be more my angle is like the kids where like movies are less, they're not taking in all the details anyway. Um, I'm talking a specific age here, but you know, it's all vibes. And like the vibes here, I think are like the vibes that get you into darker spooky stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean when I'm referring to like an entryway uh, or, or gateway horror. Um, but 
to to one of Brandon's points that he was saying earlier is that um uh yeah my big knock on the movie is that like if you're not if you're not into the lore the movie doesn't do a good job of condensing the lore to matter only to this movie yeah um like you can feel you're not being given all the information even for the story elements that are being given to you that should just be for this movie case in point is like the brother there's no garrett garrett yeah uh, there's garrett. no there's no like resolution on garrett you know, mm. like it's it's it it really never comes full circle in this movie on Garrett. It and like, like any other horror movie that wasn't up. doing something like Five Nights at Freddy's, where it's a franchise that's doing all this stuff. Any other movie horror movie that was doing that, there would be resolution on Garrett. Yeah, and like Garrett is a is is like a plot point more than a character. Um, and that's and, them banking off the the success of this being a franchise. So like we'll bring it back around. And like and like you feel that in a really in a really bad way. And I think in a way where like. It, this is written by the creator of the games, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, and you feel that. You I think feel that's that the mentality problem, of the like, problem of the movie is he's in, his direct involvement. I think. And it's not, and it's not written like a horror movie is written. It's written like a a a, a person who is expanding on a video game. Yeah. Um, but with intention of like, I can't peel back all the onion because there are some pieces I I still won't reveal. Yeah, yeah. This is this is kind of like the opposite end of a lot of what we talk about video game movies. There's so much of like you look at some of the worst video game movies uncharted or assassin's creed comes to mind but that's not that bad um i think assassin's I creed comes to mind just real quick i think assassin's creed comes to mind because i've been thinking about it as as comparison too only because yeah. like both are kind of supposed to fill in details of that video game world like they're not just oh. adaptations yeah they're they're expansions and yeah. i think that's why i keep thinking of that one because that's like that's very comparable in, in that sense yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, that must be why it's been it's been in my mind so much recently. But like, you know, you look at like, you know, you always talk about how do you condense so much of what a video game is? Because a video game can often be 40 hours long, 40, 50, 60 hours long. How do you condense that into a two and a half hour movie? In this case, a two hour film that should have been an hour and a half. And you you try you. you the, the answer oftentimes is you don't. And you just kind of take out pretty much all you can until you're just left with the bones. And yeah. that creates oftentimes a very hollow cinematic experience. And this one kind of did the opposite where it said, well, we have this much time. Let's jump. Let's, let's shove in more rather than take out more. And I think there, there's a happy medium to be found when you get to video game adaptations that we've seen with like Sonic the Hedgehog almost. Um, and there's this happy medium that 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 sits in some of the great video game adaptations, and it's so interesting to see someone kind of swing very far away from where we've seen of like to kind of go, just kind of like overcompensate from where we are with like Uncharted and things like that, and just like swing the completely other way into doing something that almost is as bad. But I get, I mean, it's working. Like I, I mean, I have to be clear, it's it's working for people. Um, it's just it just makes the film. The lore of it just kind of makes it very hard to kind of be engaged because you're you're focusing so much on the lore of the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise and not so much on the characters of Mike and Abby. And that's where the heart of yeah. the film should be. But we're I don't really care about them as characters because all they are, are just kind of spoon feeding me lore, you know? See, that's I agree with that, but I disagree with I do care about the characters. I think if it wasn't 
What's the kid's name? I always forget. Uh, Josh, Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. If it wasn't Josh Hutcherson, it was a worse actor. I would care considerably less. But I think he's doing an extremely good job with what he's given. And his, his sister, super cute, really great. It's just like, they're spoon-feeding us this lore. And like, it's... They take way too long, I think, to get to where they want to go. Like, again, this movie did not... You can have the same, like, lore. Just, like, you need to truncate it. Like, we spent so much time in that forest and his dreams. And I'm like, after the first time, I got it. But yep. we go back and go back and go back and go back. And I'm like, again, like, I, I'm not the audience for this. So, like, maybe you need, for the seven-year-old watching this, to repetition. keep... Repetition. Yeah, exactly, repetition. And I'm like, that's fine. But I still think there was a more interesting way, like, to make it go a little bit faster. To Ryan's point, and then I want Ben to jump in on something. But um, to Ryan's point, I, I do want to give Hutcherson his flowers in particular. I do think the little girl's a pretty good actor, too. Um, and it helps that she's cute. But, like, uh, like a cute kid. But um, for Hutcherson... I, I really do think like this movie's helped a bit. Like I like it more because it is an actor who he has pretty much nothing given to him on the page. And mm -hmm. he is giving, he's, he's not given a lot to that he can do, but he's staying engaged and he's staying emotionally uh, present mm -hmm. in a lesser actor or an actor who was just phoning it in. Yeah. Wouldn't, stay emotionally present throughout this performance and like it's not saying much because it's not much of a character you're correct on that brandon he's, mm -hmm. he's a lore giving device but hunterson's at least staying engaged in what the character's supposed to be feeling so he's at least not just existing he's not just bland to watch like he's trying he's giving everything he can into mm -hmm. a performance that doesn't allow you to go as far as you could uh like the the scene with when his evil aunt comes comes to comes and like they have that conversation, or excuse me, no, when when he calls the aunt and Abby walks into the kitchen and like she knows what's going on yeah. and like Mike's devastated because like it's it's a shitty situation for everyone and the aunt she's gonna profit off this little kid who doesn't she doesn't even like her like mm -hmm. I, all the emotion is there in that scene those are all really good performances but it's just like the script's like pretty weak yeah but like at least at least all the actors involved are trying and like again that we've seen horror movies where like. I mean, look at half of like, you know, the Friday the 13th or like Number on Elm Street, like, yeah. like just random shitty teenagers that we don't care about. Like, I do care about Mike. I just wish he had better things to say. Yeah. Like, I, I care about I care about Hutcherson playing Mike. Yeah. Because Hutcherson's actually like trying to give a shit yeah. uh, in the role. And like, it'd be very easy with a role written like this. And we've seen it time and time and time again, especially in horror genre. Yeah. yeah. Where this is this is like a bland character and a bland performance and like hutcherson's at least trying to put some life into it uh and it and it helps i mean it doesn't make the movie great or good or anything but it does help it from being just like a slog good lord we would feel that time so much more if hutcherson wasn't trying yeah that's true uh ben, the lawyer's hilarious Oh my God! Thank God you brought that up. I love the. Lawyer. I love that he's a great bit actor. Just constantly perplexed. I shouldn't be here. Yeah, oh, I love him so much. He's like, oh, I should have listened to this. It's like, okay. he's only in the movie for a very short time, but it's like he made an impact. It's hilarious. I could already see him becoming a meme in the future. Uh, oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I wanna so like I know I've come on strong, but there are things I like about the film that mm -hmm. I do want to talk about. But like, and the lawyer is honestly one of them. Like, I I always kind of appreciate like a uh, uh, memorable character actors that just kind of yeah. pop up and just like you're yeah. immediately they find you find them funny, you remember them, and you kind of keep going back to how small their screen time is, but how like an, of an impression they make. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm mad he didn't show up again because rule of three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, where is his third appearance? Or him just realizing that the ant died and he's like, he's free from that torture. Um, oh, that would have been really funny. Like, oh, she's, oh, I'm sad. Yes. <laughs> like the second he hangs up, he's like, he put, raises his arms. It's like, I'm free. Like the, the guy from Hunchback was, I'm free, I'm free, but doesn't get trapped. But um, going back to Josh Hutcherson and the little girl, I feel that they, they are the two strongest actors in this movie because you definitely feel the little girl um you feel abby she just wants to be with her brother brother she loves her brother um and also i like how josh <clears throat> how mike is constantly exacerbated throughout the entire film because he's the, the poor man is trying his best and i mm-hmm. i connected with that it was very much him not wanting to give up his sister wanting to be the very best he can just like doing every and also like being no one ever was yeah i was i was yeah. <laughs> i wasn't trying to put pokemon in it but i just i guess i actually did like even the opening scene where he sees the kid and the dad and the kid's dad just really aggressively grab him and his instinct kicks in of like this kid's getting kidnapped because of his past trauma i actually kind of um I don't want to say I definitely don't connect to that. Thankfully, no, nothing, no kidnapping happened in my family. But you understand what he's going. Yes, through. exactly. I I respect it that that's how he jumped to. I mean, yes, he shouldn't have jumped to conclusions like that. But the fact that he saw a kid aggressively get grabbed away, and he obviously and there was a whole lot of other things going on. I respect it. He plays disheveled very well. Yeah, like like he's really good at looking like I'm. I really want to go to sleep right now. He's yeah, really like good. The, at that. the poor man just wants a. Re- I feel like what Mike really needs is just a real nap or just a real good sleep. Right, not he's just not really sleeping. He's no, going he's in and he's like mystery solving every time. Yeah, he's he'll be doing like, way around his room. Yeah, not poor resting. Guy, poor guy's not resting. He's like doing stuff in his in his sleep. It's like, bro, that's not healthy. But I I get what he's trying to do because he feels this guilt this internalized guilt for losing his brother. And now he doesn't want to repeat that with his sister. And I respect it. And I will say credit where credit is due. Josh Hutterson brings a whole lot more to the table than I would say any other actor would, because I feel like um, with financial phrase, this is just canned fodder for, uh, we mentioned like some other horror movies, but for some reason, I do not know why. And I've only saw the scene where she died in this movie but the so Paris you Hilton... movie you're about to reference, just so we're clear. Yeah, I have not seen the okay, full movie I'm about to reference, just parts of it because it was on Stars one day. But it's the scene where Paris Hilton dies in House of Wax. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because okay. it was like that shock mid 2000s celebrity casting where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, the celebrity's in it, but she's going to, but she slash she, nine times out of ten, it's a she. You're lucky. Gonna... You're lucky this worked out this time. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. lucky that you were right. Everybody gets yeah, one. But it's because I feel like the, a movie like Five Minutes of Friends would have been chock full of these celebrity castings who were going to die horrible, painful deaths and they weren't going to add anything to the story. Whereas there are this, celebrity castings in this movie, though. There are celebrity castings in this movie, but they do something. Yeah. Like they Most actually. Things. You brought yeah. up, a, your, you said like Mike and Abby are like probably the best performances. I, I would argue that that it's it's uh, Shaggy himself. Me Matthew, too. Oh, William, Matthew uh, Willard is William yeah. Afton. 
Matthew Lillard. Because uh, he's just having a good old time being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a counselor, man. You know, you go maybe check and his job out. The, he gets to he do, gets do the, 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 the nice Oh, light. yeah. Everybody, everybody caught that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't expect a great screen reference in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's pretty good. I wonder if that was his idea or the script writer. Either way, like, it actually it worked out. But, like, he, at the end of this movie, he's just totally unhinged. And it's so fun. And like him being this ultimate villain of like, he is a character who returns in all the games. So like we can see him again, come back as like evil spring trap and the kids go crazy. Uh, I'll tell you what it was like, I'm glad we didn't spend money to see this in a theater, but this is a time where I kind of almost wish I did because like every theatrical, uh, 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 viewing I've heard is like kids reacting in like end game shit dude like when mm -hmm. William Afton shows up in the sure. suit at the end that's like cat picking up Mjolnir for people I'm not joking like people are going nuts for this movie and I'm sure that kind of energy could have helped us enjoy the movie a little bit more but it wouldn't have made it a better movie just a better theatrical experience but well, it's kind of like think, going to see a comedy really and it's, it's kind of like going to see a comedy and if you're if the entire audience is kind of like into the comedy it, it heightens the effect of how good the comedy is <laughs> absolutely yeah uh, so like I think he's really great. And I, I really like that final, like the final, like third act section, like where, where things start to finally happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's what's really great. I think it's the second act where like to, to, to me, the movie has a big problem, which is like, and, and it's one of those things where like, I think the decision is bold because like, I didn't see it coming and I'm like, Oh, I don't know what this movie is now. Um, but it's also like, but this is the thing that ruins it from being a good horror movie or anything like that is, um, where everyone's just hanging out with the animatronics now yeah, mm -hmm. in the middle and they're just buddies. And I'm like, well, now they're all toothless to me. Like they're not, they're not scary. They're not monsters. Like you, you took that away. Mm. Um, and, and like, I, it's not even just like as an audience that that was taken away. Like we could have done that with her spending time with them. Right. But it's that, mm. it's that Hutcherson's character isn't afraid of them anymore now. Mm -hmm. So like, they're they're nothing like they're, he's not really afraid of them not really like he knows their kids now yeah they're, they're, there's there's something taken away from we could know that and him not know that and still like get proxy fear but because he knows it's like what is there to be afraid of now except afton yeah. at the end and and like yeah sure but like that's why like it loses its juice because it's too much time yeah. between that and when we get afton that that is just kind of like movies just like spinning some stuff and it's spinning it's, some lore spinning some wheels here we go it's the thing of like again like this five nights of freddy need like, vanessa to have a conversation she should oh, have we'll had get, a half hour we'll, ago. Get about, we'll get to vanessa we'll get to vanessa <laughs> what is that woman doing for her uh, during the day when she's a cop what are we doing here <laughs> um lore lore is so important to five nights of freddy's it is yes it is a great like jump scare series but like it, it is popular because of the lore and like the world that Scott Cofton created outside of the games itself, you know, with books and comics and, and, and like a, a cut scenes within games that are secrets and stuff. And like, so unfortunately all that stuff is like vital to this type of, to this movie specifically, but like it just, you make it kind of boring. And like in the stuff with the kids, like again, like that is core to it. Like these kids were murdered and put into these animatronics. That's horrifying. I think that should have been a reveal for the end. So like it all culminates into one giant thing of what William Afton's been doing, why these bears and monsters are like this, why it affects kids. Like all this stuff could have been a great like finale instead of just like spoon feeding you the entire way to get there. Cause like I agree, mm -hmm. by the time we get to the end, like I like the action scenes and stuff, but like <clears throat> it, it loses some of some of its bite. I think you're absolutely correct on that one. Uh what both, what both of you are saying. One of the things that kind of exemplifies that for me is Golden Freddy. Um, 
who mm. shows up at the end of this film and has a different kid spirit inside of him. And we know who's inside Freddy. And it just becomes this confusing, like, what if it was like, I know what golden Freddy is in the game. It's most, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a really popular glitch. Well, it started as a really popular glitch and kind of became kind of like took on its own thing. Um, and you, and, you could kind of have this like really interesting idea if the if the kid inside of Freddy was the leader of these kid of these spirit kids that that uh, Mike was talking to in his dreams, but it's not. It's the sp- it's a spirit inside a Freddy animatronic that's never seen outside of one scene, and might not exist at all. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Dude. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really confusing. Outside, legitimately outside of the kids who knew that was Golden Freddy, like everyone talking on Twitter was like, I didn't even realize that was a different robot. I just yeah. thought like he got damaged and we didn't yeah. know it. Like the movie does not communicate whatsoever. No. That's a different character. It's a, at it's, all. It's and it's it goes back to like it's a writing problem. It's a mm-hmm. it's a the intent of the film not being structured to be a good horror movie adaptation of Five Nights Freddy's, but a movie expansion on Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, means that like it's it's not closing loops the way that it should it's not telling stories the way that it should so yeah it's very much not for an audience that's not somewhat if not completely familiar this is the mcu movie people think that all those mcu movies are <laughs> right like, you have to have all those no you don't no, this you don't. is actually what this you have the, to <laughs> sure yes you're very you right. need like, to know the lore this is the problem and like yeah. because it's not structured like that you have things like golden freddy's a really great example where it's like, if you don't know, this doesn't work. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, you lose so much uh, coherence for a casual viewer. Yeah. By not, and like, I think it's a bummer because I do think what this should be doing, if anything, is a vehicle to bridge the fandom between kids who are enjoying the games and their parents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's really what this should do. This should get them like, I can have a conversation with you now about these things because I understand them. Instead, it's going to be your kid explaining, explaining everything, everything to you. To and you. you're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool kid. Right. And like, yeah. it didn't, it, that's what the purpose I think really should have been if you're not just making a good horror movie out of it. Yeah. The purpose should have been if you're trying to like broaden it, make it so that parents can like engage with it, understand it, interpret it, and share it with their kids and not and like feel like they're part of it because they they can see things not have things explained to them yeah but because of the way that it's structured that just doesn't land whatsoever um and i i do think that's a huge huge problem with the movie i do want to be positive real quick i think the animatronics are incredible i think they're great oh yeah they look obviously jim henson's company rules they're great um there's so much really fun behind the scenes of 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 the the animatronics and the actors that, like who who wear the suits and stuff uh, of them just like jamming backstage to different music like just being <clears throat> being funny robots I'm like that's they put a lot of effort into it and that I appreciate because again like I saw I'm the only one of us who's seen Willy's Wonderland that Nick Cage uh, Five Nights like ripoff and it's not even Nick Cage can save that movie that's just a bad movie that's why I haven't that's, seen it <laughs> that's that's what Five Nights at Freddy's could have been. And if I have to take that movie or this movie, I'd rather take this movie because at least they're trying to do something different. Again, it didn't mm-hmm. totally work. But like, yeah, like this movie's bogged down. Uh, but and it has really good like like special effects. Like I think like the the gross out scenes, like I think there's just dead bodies hanging on the ground. Yeah. That, that are, and like, it's actually like pretty graphic if this is for a kid's movie. Like it's pretty graphic. 
Yeah, uh, uh, you're you're right to bring up the animatronics. Uh, they're they're incredible. I love the the suits, the the free the free animatronics. They're all all of them are great. Um, especially the one that um, uh, Matthew Lillard wears the 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 spring the the Bonnie Bonnie spring no, track spring track spring track. Um, yeah. that that suit looks really good. Um, yeah, it does. All of them just look incredible, and it's it works so well because they're real and practical. Um, Carl, Carl the cupcake. The cupcake, um, <laughs> and and um, you, you kind of mentioned it offhandedly in the beginning, but I I want I also want to highlight something that I did really like, which is the um, um, Max's death um, is really good. It's a really effective one that you know you, you only see it in shadow, but it works so well as the body drop. It's it's a very good death sequence. Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's for me, it's the best one in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I'm, yeah, hundred percent. Um. I think I, the opening, will, the opening kill, like a lot of the horror movies have, that's a good start to it too. Yeah. Like the, the original security. The way, like the way sure. boxing moves down the, yeah, it, um, yeah. I, I kind of wish you got like a. I'm stunned that we didn't get a lunge, like a leap from Foxy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm stunned that we didn't get at least a, a like a two night. minute sequence of checking the cameras and seeing they'd moved. The fact that that's not even like kind of in the game or sorry, in the movie is shocking. That is kind of the most like, surprising even thing. If it's, even if yeah, you're not yeah. turning it into like a whole big thing, like just the fact that like someone wasn't scrolling through and saw the animatronics, like, like getting closer. We get more and, of that like, in like the, the trailer than we do like, actual you just get You just get like one moment where like they were both looking up at like one, one of the break-in guys. Yeah. And then like, that's it. And it's, it's stunning to me that they didn't, bring more just a little bit more of like what people visually engage with from the game to the movie yeah what i do want to give the movie some credit for is i want to this is gonna sound really mean but i do mean in an honest in a in like a good on you sort of fashion is the film tried to add more context and more story than the games now i obviously like there is story in the games you just have to go and find it but from like the first five nights of phrase just the concept of your security guard, hunted robots, catch them before they get you. Easy thing to understand, right? Um, and I like how this film really did try to add more as in like, hey, you have a guy who's trying to help his sister. He does like, you know, this whole storyline. But I do agree with Sparks that I was waiting for the scene where Josh is, or for Mike, excuse me, where Mike is constantly going through the cameras. He's seeing the animatronics move. It's that slow buildup. And then he turns on the light and it's like maybe Chica's there or Bonnie, or you see Foxy running down the hallway and he slams the door shut. There was yeah. nothing like that. Instead, Honestly, we get moments, instead we get moments where it's kind of like the Leo DiCaprio movie. It was like, hey, they did a, a thing that references the thing from the game. Where it's like, Isn't hey, here's... Isn't isn't real quickly the only time the first time that uh, Mike finds out the animatronics are alive is the scene where is the scene where it's like oh we're all gonna hang out and have a have a slumber party. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's I'm, I'm I might be misremembering a scene prior, but that feels right to me. It's uh, too early for the movie. That's yeah. That sucks. That the first that Mike's first encounter with these with these things is oh they're actually okay. Yes, yeah. that is that is the yeah. first thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not even afraid of them, and then finds out it's it. Yeah, he goes from zero to one hundred and eighty uh, completely. Yeah, yeah. That uh, to me is it, one. Of, if I may, Sparks, that is to me the biggest detriment to the movie is that is that Mike and Abby and everyone and Vanessa 
are like everyone's all fine and cool with with these animatronics and i'm like and i'm sitting there going these things just murder people be afraid Right. Don't be like, hey, let's have be this very go before. Afraid. Pretty much, yeah. It, like, you know, because I because now I remember uh because after then it's like, oh Abby, don't you want to hang out with us forever? So like it takes it takes a while to get to them being evil again. I wish it happened just so much quicker. I I yeah. It might have been like Well, I wish we got I wish we got him being scared of the animatronics, how they're like haunting him and he's trying to say, protect himself. And then they're like playing with Abby and he's like, oh, they're okay, maybe? Abby, you can't trust them. It's yeah, no. one of those things where like, you know, this is going to be a franchise of things and like you only get to do, I mean, you could do it again with a different character and like, I guess whatever, but like who wants to go through these beats in a different movie where you have like the character kind of believing they're imagining it at first. Yeah. Yeah. And being afraid of them. And like, you can do that slow build and I'm like, this is the movie where you do that. I also wanted my POV doom sequence. I would have had the first security guard run back to the security room. Yeah. And like from there, do the, do the game, do yeah. the, the cameras and do the lights. And it's only like the opening five minutes. This guy's going to die anyway. But like, you get to go through all the beats of like, what can happen? Yeah. Um, and all that stuff. I will say like, uh, also to the point of where we're talking about, like your familiarity helps your mileage with the movie. Um, if we had not played five nights at Freddy's two for Spooktober, balloon boy wouldn't have meant shit to me. No, that's true. That's a good point. That he shows damn, up a lot. He's a fun little guy. That damn balloon. But boy. because of it, I thought it was really great because I'm like, oh, balloon boy's a real stinker. Oh man, he got the couple, he got the, a couple jump scares. Yeah. He's just hanging out. And I'm just sitting there every time he just has like the jump scare of like you move the thing and there's blue boy. I, I'm just sitting there traumatized, like because I'm like, God damn this damn thing, I hate you. Well, I like oh. I actually. I actually found his. To his second jump scare, very funny. When he when she's in the supply closet, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um. Ben, you did do. You literally did the Leo DiCaprio point when Matt Pat came on screen. I did. I did. You, you straight up became Leo <laughs> DiCaprio in that moment. I was like, who? Okay. So, so there's a YouTuber. His name's Matt Pat. He does a he has a show called Game Theory, and he helped. He uh like a decade ago with Markiplier, like they were one of the first people to play Five Nights at Freddy's and get into the lore, and it helped grow his audience a lot. And he has millions of subscribers on YouTube. He's the yeah. guy in the diner who's okay. he, he, it's just a cameo, and he's like, but he says it's just a theory, and and oh, that's also another end game moment where kids in the theater are going, ah, shit, that's, it. that's what and I said. Like, that's that's what I said earlier when the, there's a few celebrity cameos. I know the the, the I, I don't recognize any anyone, but the um but the uh the cab driver is also a YouTuber. Um, yeah. and then the, uh, the, the, the wall of like employee of the months are all YouTubers that, that yeah, were yeah. the big five nights of Freddy's players. I didn't know that until I saw that also. And Marka, I wish we lived in the world where Markiplier got to play the first security guard. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, a... he's directing a horror no, movie I'm really happy called Iron Lung, which is a spooky submarine horror movie based off a really cool game. So like, good on you for trying to do stuff, Mark. That's great. Um, yeah, I, so, I know. I know I completely did do the whole hey that's that's a map pad. I did do I did freak out a little bit. Mostly because I did watch a lot of his Finance of Freddy's lore videos when they were coming out cuz I was yeah. interested cuz all I knew about Finance of Freddy's were just a few gifts and a few memes from Nine Gag and then when I, I was like, "Oh, hey, this game's actually got a lot more to it." And that's one of the reasons why when we started doing Spooktober, I mentioned, "Can I please can we try doing Finance of Freddy's? Is there a way for me to play that game cuz I want to experience spent- it?" Uh, on that note, Ben, I spent three hours last night going through a Five Nights at Freddy's rabbit hole trying to just figure out what of the movie I missed because I wasn't familiar with the lore. Go to uh, go to Matt Pat's Quite channel. Quite interesting. Quite interesting stuff. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, there was one other thing. Oh, so now I know I earlier I said I still liked this movie, but it likes like I echoing what Ryan said earlier. It's a very soft like. And I just had an idea of how this movie could have been better because obviously they do go to Freddy's at least five nights. But what I wanted for Five Nights at Freddy's to be was like every night for Mike and for Abby, it gets progressively worse and worse. And I was really hoping for a scene where like night three, Mike has to take Abby with him because it's like, I, you know, you know, outside stuff happens. And then after night three, he gets Vanessa involved. And then there's that whole chase scene. It's like, no, we got to go back to Freddy's. Just something to make it more terrifying. Something to make yeah. these animatronics more, um, these animatronics to be actually, because they are scary. I love what, like the highest praise I can give for this movie is the Jim Henson company going all out with these animatronics. I was trying to like find CG bits. I'm pretty sure there are a few CGI bits in this movie. Sure. But ninety, I feel like 90% of the time, this is all practical. And this is fantastic. Yeah, it's a cheap-ass movie. Um, yes. I want to mention the credit, the opening credits, I quite like. Um, that kind oh, of like yeah. the, the I... flashback sequence uh, thing of the of the kids being taken by Afton. Um, I think that's all really cool. There's a there's a reference we get we uh, I think in uh, yeah, it, it's good. Um I there's some interesting references there if you know the games and um it, it's it's fun stuff um however ben i i want to i want to i want to i want to touch on something that you said that like you wanted this to be really scary um when we first saw the trailer um i was a little surprised and i mentioned it on the podcast that i that it wasn't that didn't look like it was going to be a scary movie mm-hmm. um and it's because of the discussion that we had on that on that show um that i realized that what I necessarily didn't necessarily—I didn't necessarily need it to be scary—but there's a certain level of campiness and fun mm-hmm. that can be had to a film that isn't um, that's a horror film that isn't outright uh, bone-chillingly scary. Um, and I—I I, I feel like I wish it had picked a lane. I wish it was either fun, like silly, campy, fun Five Nights at Freddy's. This is this is a, a, a this is something that's going to be maybe fun's not the right word for a horror movie, but you know, like something something that you're enjoying watching, uh, or like something like really scary, it, because it kind of like lands in the middle of the two, and I don't necessarily think on purpose. I do think it is trying to be kind of a, a PG thirteen horror film. Um, it just kind of becomes a little dull uh, because of that. You land, you unfortunately land in in a middle area, and the middle area isn't always is most of the time not just not really interesting. Yeah, that's also, I think, part of a problem of like having Cawthorn so directly involved is that it's very self-serious in a way that like, you know, an adaptation wouldn't be like when you if you if if anyone's watching this review in the year 2025 or whatever this is, uh, and you haven't played the games like those games, they're very at least the first the first couple are very, very basic. And as you go into a room and then a security guard calls, he's like, oh, hello. Yeah, some things might get crazy tonight. Don't worry about it. That's very silly. Uh, and like the whole situation, while it is a horror game, it's very silly, uh, uh, and it becomes very real when you get attacked by a giant fox monster. But like, there is a lot. There is, I definitely, like I said earlier, like I think having Scott involved directly was a detriment because like they wanted this to be the most Five Nights Freddy Five Nights at Freddy's experience it could be, and that's again working out for them. But in terms of being a great movie, I think having the dude who doesn't write a lot of dialogue in his games 
Like he's more of a lower guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that was a big problem. Because uh, I think the direction is pretty fine. I think it's a script that's yeah. kind of shitty. Yeah, I, would, I mean, there's so, something to be said about the, about how much returnability people are going to have to the. Oh, oh no, Brandon froze. Freddy and the, the the the. Oh, am I gone? You're you, back. You were. You're back now. So oh. go ahead and just start the thought over. How much returnability? Well, how much? I'd be so interesting to see how much returnability um, this film this film has. Um, I'd be very interested to see what the Peacock numbers are um, for people watch for people streaming it on Peacock because I know it's in, in both. Um, be, because we know now that uh, it was a seventy eight percent drop, uh, which is a large drop for a second weekend uh, box office. Um, so I'd be so I'd be really interested to know what those Peacock numbers are because I wonder how much of in order to get in order to get like. Film's cheap as shit. So like it already made back his money before this movie even showed up. Um, I got you. What? Blumhouse and Universal Pictures Five Nights at Freddy's becomes the most watched movie on Peacock in its first five days. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah. Um, so like I, I'd be really I want to know like how much of how much of rewatchability this film is going to have for like general audiences um, because that's where you get like. Look, Avengers Endgame didn't become a billion dollar success because Marvel fans watched it. It became a billion dollar success because the general public watched it. This Five Nights at Freddy's does not need a billion dollars. It barely needed a hundred million to be a success. Um, so like, but so like you don't need the kind of rewatchability, but I am curious what that's going to look like, what that rewatchability is in fact going to look like um in the in the near future. How much how many people are are going to come back to this movie? Um, because they because they they want to see it again or because they liked it so much or uh, not no, it's not a criticism or a or a positive thing it's just kind yeah. of a, something that I'm just kind of wondering what that's what that's going to look honestly like. I think I think it'll be only the the target demographic audience like this movie did really well because it's not just kids seeing it it's kids and their parents or kids mm-hmm. and a bunch of friends together so like I I'm sure this movie is going to be popular for a while until the next one comes out simply because like. It is the it is the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and there's an entire generation of kids who are obsessed with it. So like, it won't it's it's you know it won't it, it won't get as much rewatch as maybe something like a Spider Man movie. But I'm sure this movie is still going to be like popping for a while until the next one comes yeah. out. Yeah. It's kind of similar to Brandon's point, though. I do think like down the road, you know that this it, it isn't it is working for its audience, but that audience will also grow out of Five Nights at Freddy's at some point. And I and I think they'll remember the games more fondly than they'll remember this movie. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think this movie is going to stick around as like a major like, wow, what a strong movie of that thing I like. The thing that I'm most curious about is because this movie is a success without it having to be a good movie. Do they bring Scott Cawthorn on board for the next movie or do they actually try to make a better movie next time? Because they don't I, have to. And that's the problem with sometimes a franchise is like this. What I think Scott should have been regulated to after this movie, because I do agree the writing is not really good in this movie. I think Scott should be on for story purposes, as in he helps like with the lore. He helps explain to the writers what the lore is, and then the writers can take that and turn it into you know a better thing. I feel that I don't know if this instead of being a writer, they should bring him on as like either consultant. not a yeah maybe consultant is the right word because I was thinking like maybe head of story, but I don't know if producer that's give him the the yeah, producer role that can mean anything. Yeah, give a put him. Stan Lee's a producer on a bunch of Marvel films. Yeah, I would say put Scott. I would say put Scott Cawthorn as a producer role, or he helps with the story, but he doesn't do the writing. As in, yeah. let better writers tackle the script, but they go to Scott as like, "Hey, what does this part of the lore mean?" And then yeah. he gives them the answer, and then they can go from there. I feel like this is, for this is kind of like when J.K. Rowling was writing Fantastic Beasts. 
Like, exactly. you know, this is someone who's too close, too close to this, who's never written a film before, uh, probably shouldn't have. Absolutely. And, and probably should have been relegated to something more like a like a consultant role or a co-writing role or and I know there's three script writers on this one, but it's very clearly he's the one who had the most uh the the most script du- script duties here. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I'd be it's kind of one of those situations where you just kind of like maybe next time you take a step back and yeah. let uh, someone else. Props to props to the director. Uh, I'm sure you saw this online, but uh, she didn't take a big pay pay raise like most directors do. She took a smaller, smaller cut so she can get back ends on if this movie is successful. Like that's how like Robert Downey Jr. and stuff did too, yeah. like with the Iron Man movies, right? So like this movie made way more money than they expected. So now she's raking in more money than she would have made. I'm like, girl, you smart. You knew you were going to have a big movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this movie was going to be a success, good or bad. Like there, yeah. and what, it's exactly what we're seeing. Like this movie was going to be a huge success, and I'm truly. Again, I said in the beginning of this review, I'm truly happy that there are people who like this film, especially kids who like Five Nights at Freddy's and are coming to this film being like, this is my favorite thing in the world. Now I get a really good movie out of this one. Just because I dislike it doesn't mean I'm just I, I, I don't want others to. Um, yeah. It's really cool that there that there are people out there who are just like really jiving with this film and really mm-hmm. vibing with it. 100 percent. Yeah, uh, I got to bring up my biggest uh, nit I got to pick with this movie. Because like is it the break-in? Yes. I, I can stand an amount of campy dumb bullshit in a horror movie plot. And I'll be honest, like if it was just that they're breaking in during the day and thinking he'll be held responsible for it when he wouldn't have even been there. Who works nights, yes, but they're breaking in during the day when he's not there. To to get him in trouble and get him fired, and they're breaking in during the day. I'd be like, fine, fine. The logic is stupid, but I'll allow it. But my problem is that they also see that he's talking to a cop right when he leaves before they go and do the break in. And I'm like, how you can't even like make an argument that it was busted the night before and he left it like a, you, he, a cop, a cop will corroborate his story. What are you doing? This is yeah. a level of stupid that I just like I was upset about. Yeah. <laughs> Even when she like calls him out after they're like, hey, there's been a breaking of phrase, like they were trying to pin it. Like the even she was was like, hey, this is kind of on you. It's like, but you were there. You saw him put the locks on. You Yeah, they don't want you to think too hard him. about this one. It's yeah, like, like, she comes up to us, like, this could have been blamed on you, and she's holding the pills. I'm like, I, I legit was like, are you even a real cop? Yeah, I also yeah. thought for like half the movie she wasn't even real. Yeah. Uh, but then then she starts interacting with the other characters. I'm like, okay, she's just a weird, a weird, a weird character. But I still I, questioned if he was actually a cop. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that happened a lot throughout the movie. Where she I'm spends like, a lot of time hanging out with Mike, you, like during the day. Are you pretending to be a cop? <laughs> yeah. We haven't really touched on Vanessa. What do we think about Vanessa? I think I think she's a fine. Like the performance is fine. The worst written character in the film. But yeah. yeah. It, she, it's not even close. She's kind of like also like like a lore dump machine, and then she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm, I'm the daughter of the villain." She's I'm like, a lore dump machine who's not allowed to dump when she's asked to dump. Uh, yeah, I hate to phrase it that way. That's but a horrible way to phrase it. No, but like really, like it, it's that he's so and like Mike's right. He's like very aware that she has information she's not sharing, and yeah. she's like, oh, "I just, I, oh, I can't, oh, I can't." And I'm like, what are we, what? She's like, she only says information in bursts to elongate the story of the movie. And it's very frustrating to feel like 
there's nothing covering that tactic. Again, like, so that's much, all it is. It's very yeah. on its face, written that way. So much spoon feeding. Like they just don't and that's give very, me a meal. And that's, and that's very video game. Like honestly, that's very video game writing. Yeah. Uh, to have a, a character who's like, I can only give you this much information because guess what? You gotta go down uh, the level and get the Leviathan off into space so that then we can get the signal thing and then I'll have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, fine. In a video game, I accept that, but in a movie, it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. It's yeah. more Mortal Kombat rules. Like, oh, I'll tell you this after you beat me, after you brutally murder me in a fight. Oh, well, now yeah. that you've done that. Well, I'll tell you all the things you wanted to know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, she was a very frustrating character to watch uh, because because she she is, is she's not operating like a cinematic character; she's operating like a video game character. Um, and 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 uh, I, yeah, I guess I actually have no other, nothing else to say her, outside of that. Her motives, her motives feel very driven by video game writing rather than like yeah. a real character exists there. Yeah. Like the way that she's like, I can't go there. Oh, I gotta save you though. So I'm gonna confront my father, which I said I can't do. Um, yeah. And like, just go with him. You saved him. Just go with him. Like I, yeah. Why? And and, and it's I don't. And you just changed your mind anyway. Yeah. For shock value, it's just, she's just the most. She is the most blatant. Like because I want this to happen in the story, this is what X character does. Yeah, and there's no thought behind who she is really, um, and it's very very clear. Uh, yeah, I don't particularly care that she's the daughter of the villain. Although, again, because I think the performances are good. When Matthew Lillard does stab her, yeah, and even he has a second of like, oh, I just did that. Yeah, I guess I had to do that. Like that's a good moment, but like. I wish I cared about her more. I care more about the guy who stabbed her. I know, her. I care more about the, Oh, yeah, felt, are you sad? How oh, he no. felt about stabbing his daughter. Are you okay? I cared about her you okay, stabbed. Springtrap? Yeah, uh, oh. yeah to, to talk about uh, a real quick, man, just like another highlight uh, that I like, like that final sequence of like when he's confronting them and all the animatronics are there and he gets Springtrapped into his ribs. And he's oh, like, when oh, I'll be back. But she puts the drawing on the wall and she's like, they remember you now. Oh, I was yeah. like, okay, that's pretty good. Drawing that power, good. that's a really cool, like that is like that a is real thing with kids. So like, I like, we watched the movie Cobweb that had that same thing. That's like, I that is a cool idea. Like that manifests in like spiritual science, weird mumbo jumbo this whole movie's trying to do. Like that, that, Again, that final sequence works for me. I just wish I cared more about half the characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also wish I cared about the blonde-haired kid closing the door on William Afton. Because I don't understand what that blonde-haired kid's doing there. Mm -hmm. I really don't get that at all. Anyway. I already forgot. I just know he's like... He's, he's Golden he's Freddy. Yeah, oh. They yeah, do but like... A... Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I... This is... Yeah, like... I'd have to watch a MatPat video. Because, like, I don't even... Golden Freddy's like in this movie is complete whiff, like total yeah. whiff. It's really uh, bad uh, thing to me. Like... I still, I don't know why. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyways, anyways, I agree. Uh... I wish I, I wish there was more for me to care about because, like, again, that Golden Freddy situation, it's like, it's, it's so confusing. It's just not structured in a way where, like, it's not new audience friendly. Not at all. So that's a really simple way to put it. Is it's just not new audience friendly, and yeah. that's that's a bummer. Um, that's a big big bummer. Ben. The thing with Vanessa that I was not expecting, but just like, I don't, I don't know. The whole time I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Sure. I yeah. was wait, waiting for a ready or not situation where she's helped where it's, it's like, hey, I am helping you. But the very last act of the movie is either ready or not or a get out situation where it's revealed that she was helping her dad the entire time. That I she's also thought that. Just as, the, just as evil, just as demented as he is. 
And it's like, no, she was actually, she's also kind of victim, even though she knew the whole time that um, after her own father was killing these kids, killed these kids, and she was a police officer, could have arrested him, but didn't. It's, it's, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yes, but ben, this is just a bad character in this movie. I, yeah, I totally assumed, uh, uh, like, still halfway through the movie, that she's working with Five Nights at Freddy's. She's working with Afton. She's the one who gets people, like, once they're in, she keeps them in. Uh, and like she is basically like like the second helper to get these kids they're they're get fed you know by sure. other people so like so, but it turns out that's not also the case so I'm like oh. and it's because it plays so vague in like her reasoning because again like there's no character behind it for why she doesn't share more information when she does and things like that and doesn't take initiative when she could uh that leaves you in that vagueness of like i really don't i can't get a read on what she's doing so like the only logical answer that you would have in a movie setup of that is that it's because she's going to reveal that she's bad yes but it's actually like no i just couldn't tell you yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one one of the things that's really interesting about about this is that scott cawthon is very married to the lore of finance freddy's which we've talked about this movie is very lore heavy well something that's Interesting. He's not. He's not so married to it to change a lot of things in the story because in the games, William Afton doesn't have a daughter. He has three kids. Well, one one of them is a daughter, but she dies. But sorry, I don't want to go into like Laura Finance and Freddy's. Um, so so Mike in the game is heavily implied to be William Afton's middle son, but here it's not because now he has just a single daughter. And the three kids that were William Afton's kids are now someone else's kids. And I'm not going to theorize who that could be because there's theory videos out there that already about it. So who cares? Um, so it, it's interesting that he's, he's so married to his lore, but not so married to his story that he is still willing to change things, but not take out some lore, not take out some lore. It's a weird line that he tries that the writer tries to walk that I, this isn't wholly successful um and trying to be like oh this is a movie so we're changing things for the movie but you can't change anything else yeah and it's one of those scenes where like again not knowing a lot of uh, five nights lore but seeing people talk about it online uh there's so much theorizing of like oh this is changed from the game but what if it's just a workaround so mike is still related i'm like yeah, I just now I'm kind of just I just don't care if we're getting so deep of like I have to know the first lore before we start creating the second lore. I'm like I just 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 give me a movie that makes sense. That's all I want. This isn't Evangelion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. there's no giant robots, just regular size robots. Uh, the second movie, I'm really worried that they're just gonna like double down on the type of movie it is. And again, and we've said it like this isn't for us, but that doesn't mean it can't be a great movie regardless, right? You know, yeah. like I think whatever you think about the MCU, like those are easy to understand movies that implement comic lore. Like there, there's we've seen this done, whether it's book adaptations or or you know video game adaptations. Like you can do it right, but like they want they did the thing that that the kids wanted them to do and it worked, but it's not the best. It's not a good movie, but I think they're gonna keep making this type of movie and it's still gonna make a lot of money and it's like. This just won't be a franchise for us, I think. Like, by the time we get to the third one, and it's so heavy in lore, and it's so crazy, and we start talking about like the purple man and ghosts and like the mimics and like all the stupid shit that I learned because of a map that video. Like, I'm just like, I just I think I'll just watch Iron Man again. I think Yeah, I think I think you're right that, that it, you know there's always like this idea that like a great a truly great video game movie would, would be one that has enough for video game fans and enough for general audiences, right? But this this is something, and then, but like some of the bad ones are like, you don't have enough for video game fans here. And 
because of that, you don't have enough for general audiences and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and like, you know, you look at like the Sonic films, even like, even Super Mario, even though I don't really care about Super Mario, I don't, I wouldn't even say that's impenetrable. Um, but that's a much more simpler, uh, that's a simpler lore <laughs> than in Five Nights at Freddy's. But then you have like something like this, which is so heavy in its lore and so impenetrable to general audience. And if you kind of keep going around that, if you keep going into that, look, you can keep making $30 million movies and they're always going to make, they're always going to make back their month. Uh, I can't see, I can't see a Five Nights at Freddy's film that, that, that $30 million Five Nights at Freddy film will ever not be a success, but it's not something that the general audience is going to want to keep coming back to. It is something yeah. for the hardcore fans. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And, and the, the buzz around this movie again, because it's a huge franchise, but like, Oh, it's like, Oh, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a new kids horror movie. And it's like based off this thing. And like kids and like, everyone's really excited. It's like, I think everyone gave this one the chance. And I feel like 70% of the people were like, not for me. Yeah. So I think the next one like is going to be a real test of like, yo, can you make this impenetrable movie uh, and only expect the hardcore to show up? Will that, will that be enough? <clears throat> uh, we'll see in a, in two years. All right. Anything else you guys want to bring up? No, I feel like I covered it all. All right. All right. So that's five nights of Freddy's, guys. Uh, this was fake news cinephiles. Um, what do we rate it? Of... Oh yeah, we do that. We I give it a seven. It, a it, just, it just passes as a, as a tolerable good movie. Ryan, is it seven sparks? What about you? I'd probably go six. Ben, I'd probably give it a six point five. I'll give it a five. I really didn't care for it. Um, all right. So. That's that's that. That's Five Nights at Freddy's, guys. Um, okay. I hope you guys enjoy. Oh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, there's other cinephiles. I'm sure that you guys can check out. Uh, this is most. This is coming out strike. Uh, so whatever that is, and yeah, uh, yeah. you can of course uh, check out all sorts of things that are coming out in the post in the post strike world. All sorts of TV shows and video game uh, TV shows and um, uh, movie reviews. Uh, but of course, check out our website at fictorpodcast.com, um, where you can so you don't miss. So, so you don't miss anything. So you can catch up and find it all. It's, it's all there on FicknerPodcast.com. Uh, links and everything are there. Uh, you can also check out our Public and our Patreon if you'd like to find us. Um, if you'd like to support us financially, we greatly appreciate all of that. Of course, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Um, FicknerGuides.gmail.com. I'm BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for AtomicGeekdom.com. Ben, where can people find you? Well, you can find me definitely not applying for another job at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria because no, at Ben Magnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gaming Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in Dean Dark. Sparks? Uh, you can find me just believing that my good friend Ben can eventually make it through Five Nights at Freddy's on his own uh, at SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, SPARKZWitty. And Ryan? You can find me excited to put Ben through Five Nights at Freddy's 2 in VR next year at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. All right, guys. Uh, like and subscribe this video. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Rate and review us on all your favorite podcatchers of choice. And until next time, guys, stay fake nerds.